All right, people, if you have listened to this podcast before, you know Art of the Trek is a great place to plan your backpacking trips. Our friends over at Art of the Trek are working hard to research and add things like campsites, trailheads, and scenic locations to their public map. The good news is that you can now add your own points of interest to the map and help your fellow adventurers plan their trips. That's pretty cool. If you have something like a favorite campsite, trailhead, or a scenic location that you'd like to share with others, please head over to artofthetrek.com, turn on some points of interest from the overlays menu, and select the orange plus sign at the bottom of your screen to help your fellow hikers plan the best trips possible. If you contribute at least a dozen or so of these, Art of the Trek is going to send you a free swag bag. That's pretty sweet. Welcome. Happy. Is it started? It started. I know <laughs> it throws you off every time. I know. Uh, it is live. Happy New Year. We're back. We are back. We took a we took a couple week hiatus here. Yeah. Um, but we're here. We're getting the new year and we've got a fun, very fun. This is very, very fun. Our first first celebrity. Yeah, first show. celebrity. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're excited. And, and uh, so, first, welcome back to Backcountry BSing. Thank you for joining us on this Friday. Today, we've got, if you are, you alone fans, you're on luck tonight. Yes. Um, we've got Barry from season six of Alone. So, um, like always, and we'll, Andy and I will keep bringing this up. Uh, if you have any questions for Barry, yeah, please drop them in the chat. I think this is the, this has got to oh, be here. The we go. People are, people yeah. are coming in. All right. This is, um, good. this has got to be the best like new year kickoff guest ever. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's actually, get, <laughs> let's get him on this. Let's get him on the screen here. Barry, 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 what's up, man? <laughs> Nothing. I'm 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 waiting for the celebrity. <laughs> no, you're, no, you're, that's you're you. the celebrity. Oh, you. Oh, <laughs> um, first, uh, honestly, uh, thank you a lot for doing this. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, Andy and I have been watching Alone for a while. Yeah, I, you know, it, it is the perfect time for Alone to come out too. Like during during yeah, lockdown, that's true. everybody's watching it. That's true. <laughs> I forgot yeah, about it. yeah. Very um, relatable. Very relatable. <laughs> Kind um, of, uh, kind of stuck in one place, not being able to go very, very far, and you know, it's a little better food options. It's like it's basically just like being back in the Arctic. Yeah. Um, so, if, yeah. for for I guess we should say if um, if you're if you're watching and you're not familiar with the premise of the show alone, it's kind of in the title of the show. Yes. Um, yes. But because we have we know season four. Yeah, yeah, season four. Yeah, season four, the buddy, the buddies one. Yeah, yeah, that's cheating. I went a different route. Yeah, yeah. although it was interesting, and and not to get right into the show, but in some, I I thought, like, in some ways, having two people seemed like it might have been a little bit harder, because you got got Uh, twice as many resources you need to get. Let's ask the expert. Yeah. All right. All right. Wait. Well, for, okay. So the concept of alone. If you're listening or oh, watching, yeah. Yeah. Yes, Barry. Yeah. Yes, Barry. Yeah. Yes, you're you are you are officially an expert. So the concept of alone. If if you're watching the show and you're not familiar, is um, they generally send eight contestants out um, to some yeah. sort of. Is it ten? Okay, ten. Yeah. See, um, ten cons- ten contestants. It's um, they've done seven seasons now. Uh, they've gone to four different locations because they've repeated. Um, but the the context is you're out there, you get to pick 10 items and we're, we're going to talk about your items, sir. Um, and literally the, the last 
to survive wins. Uh, well, season seven was a little bit different because they changed the the price, but the last to survive wins uh, half a million dollars. And there are, there are some stipulations on like um, why people leave, right. et cetera, stuff like that. But it, it really is, you go out there and you're alone. And you're by yourself. And, and you have to film it all. And oh, so that, <laughs> and, and as people who, yeah. yeah, so that is, that is something honestly yeah. that they don't talk about whatsoever in the show is the concept of you have to lug around all of this gear. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what do they give you and like, what do they tell you to do before you go out? And how there? much of it is a pain is that gotta be a huge one. Yes. Uh, yeah. I can answer all those questions. So like you, you're given about 60 pounds of additional gear. <laughs> oh my God. That's how and, 60 pounds of camera gear. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, like 60 pounds of additional gear. So, and they're all like, everything's crammed in these penguin um, you know, uh, waterproof, um, you know, whatever the heck they are. Like oh, the pel- 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 pelican cases. Yeah. Yeah. Pelican, yeah. Cases. Right. Right. So, so, uh, how it happened for me when they dropped me off at my location, I remember there was a guy who got out of the helicopter and told me to take a knee. He runs around the front of the helicopter, unloads all my stuff. And then he runs oh. back and he goes, all your shit's over there. <laughs> <laughs> And then he hops back in the helicopter and takes off. So so I go over there and I didn't really, I didn't have a full scope. Well, first of all, I was, I had drop shock. I was like, what? You know, reality caught up with the theoretical. But yeah, you have 60 pounds of gear. So I had to hunt for a place to to sleep for the night. But I also then had to lug 60 pounds of gear to that location. You have to keep it protected. You have to keep it, you know, stored and, 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 and treat it like it's the, like it's a baby out there so yeah it gets a little tough as far as surviving while filming no nobody ever freaking takes that into account like how do you do that when you're starving yeah right like you honestly you're an autopilot by the time you're starving yeah like it's just a part of the thing you do like the camera now is just wilson it's always (laughs) it's always there so like you know it's just a thing you do in the beginning that's when it's difficult in the beginning that's whenever you'll be like you'll be going into like a long spiel and you think you have some golden some golden nuggets coming out and you look over and it's like the sd cards ran out Yeah, and I remember I remember this one time too when I tried to film myself taking a bath, didn't get any of it. Ran back in my shelter. It was I was freezing, and you could see the steam coming off me. And I realized I didn't have my camera on through any of it, and it was just like, oh Jesus Christ! So yeah, filming while surviving—it's ridiculous because what a lot of folks understand that we have an obligation to the show first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. Filming comes first. Our survival is kind of like second to first. You know? do, they, so, do they tell you that? So, are, are they like, Barry, you will die if you have to get that shot. I mean, do, they, do they tell you that going out no, there? No, 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 no. They don't want you to put yourself in any danger. They don't want that at all. Because they want you out there for the full length of the show that way you can get a lot of great footage. You know? Oh, yeah. So so what they tell you, though, is that if it, if, if it didn't happen, if you didn't get it on, on film or camera, then it didn't happen at all. Don't talk to us about it. Don't tell oh, us how great it was. Oh, wow. Interesting. So they, yeah. So they're like, don't tell us these stories. Show us the story. And it's really important. I think on average, if you're out there, like as long as I was, I was a little over 5,000 hours. Oh. Of actual. So you're filming all the time, man. Like all the time, all the time. Everything's always going at some point or another. 
Is there um, hard. is wow. there something that happened that like like stood out to you that you just didn't get on film whatsoever? Oh sure, lots of things. Like I okay, so like <clears throat> I had a raven that was at my site and mm-hmm. I named him Odin and he visited me every single day. He would he would come out to the berry field where I was and kind of do little dive bombs over me and there was this one time when I was sitting there drinking water, having some berries and there was a storm coming in, and I can see it crossing across the Great Slave. It was like the nothing from uh, the never-ending story, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I knew my time was limited. I had a little bit of time to enjoy this, and I had to beat feet back to my shelter and hunger down. But I remember watching the raven. Uh, he would catch these updrifts and tuck his wings and fall and then catch himself again. Oh, wow. wow. So that's awesome. That's so cool. Like I kept going, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> it seemed like he was responding to the, you know, the congratulations. And I, this thing just kept doing these incredible stunts. And it was just really a, a personal moment there because you are alone. So whenever you have a, a, an opportunity to connect with something that is breathing and beating and you're not about to eat it, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's something different. Yeah. So yeah, that's... it was, I, you know, I wish I had caught that. So do, Barry, do they give you like a do they give you a crash course in like how to do all this filming and recording all this? Absolutely. Yeah, there's a crash course and like I think there's even like a grading component to it once you get to like the boot camp aspect of oh. things. Because that's when they've really narrowed it down to twenty five, I think is what it was, and they're gonna decide who those final twelve are. Well wait, so, I didn't uh, I didn't they, I didn't know that. There's a boot camp. Wait, there's a boot camp? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> with my season, I with my season, I think we had something like close to 20,000 applicants. Uh-huh. Okay. So that then gets whittled down to like, uh, I don't know, 100, and that gets whittled down to 25. Those 25 get invited to a boot camp. And then you go there, and you, in essence, you kind of compete, you show off your stuff. So uh-huh. there's like shelter building, friction fire. But to be perfectly honest, it's, it's only about three days of actual dirt time. Mm-hmm. The, the rest of it is like, they check you out physically, psychologically. Uh, they do all these other things as well. They interview you. They see how you respond. Oh, but wow. also part of that is how you, how well you film. Um, your understanding about capturing foreground, middle ground, background, oh, and that kind of thing. Wow. Yeah, it's all done. Yeah. Um, so when you um, like when you applied to like be on the show, did you have to submit like a did you have to submit anything or like, what was that? Yeah. Like what motivated you to apply for it? That's a good question. I mean, it's half cool. It's a bucks. sweet show, but uh, half a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> duh. duh. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, I think, I think, I think a lot of folks give a lot of reasons and that's, that's one thing. But mm-hmm. like, for me, it was the money. If I wanted an experience, I live in Colorado. Right. I, just, I can head an, an that's hour. True. That's <laughs> a, that's a fantastic point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can have an experience. So like with that, I thought, well, this is pretty, pretty rad, you know, but at the same time, I I, I looked at it from a place that looking back on it now was absolute ego. It was such a Dunning-Kruger. Like, I thought I knew survival. I didn't. I learned the hard way. Like, there is, it's like, there's there's talking about being in a fight, and then there's getting punched in the mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, until you have that experience, you're like, you can't really relate. So it was, it was, a, it was a thing that I thought I knew, but I tell you, it was, it was something, it was pretty fantastic. Um, you know, what, um, <laughs> you bring up uh, something I, I, uh, actually I was talking to my wife before what, Oh, 
multiple questions going on here. Okay, well, you I, go first. Okay, my question was, <laughs> like, you kind of talked about it, but what, what, I mean, you were out there for 69 days, right? That's what, right. What did you yeah. learn? Like, what, what was your biggest lesson you learned about survival? <sighs> or one, or one lesson. Or one. There's probably okay. tons. Yeah. So, like, yeah, so, okay, so, um, okay, okay. Um, Oh man, we're stumping Barry. Okay. Yeah. Jeez, were you just mad? You had, <laughs> you had sixty-nine days to think about this. Well, here's, here's the thing for 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 a for a dude who spent a lot of his time like in in Kentucky and then in like the Rocky Mountains, mm-hmm. the terrain, the far northwest around the Great Slave Lake was definitely a foreign scenario. The yeah. learning curve was intense. If I guess I had to say the one thing about survival is. Hang on one more day. Yeah. Every yeah. day, what that you know, the day you think that's it, you can't take any more. You're starving. You're never going to make it out of this, or you're hurt. What? Hang on one more day. Like, don't tap, man. And I think if you could go into a survival scenario saying, "I'm not going to tap. I'm going to, I'm going to see this thing through," I think that would be a great lesson to take away from survival. And that's the one thing I took away. I thought I had accomplished a lot in my life. I, I looked at a lot of things I'd done physically, like marathons and ultras and strongmen and all these things. And I realized that was such a first world accomplishment. Like I, I did all of those things with all of the nutrition, sleep, support, shoes. <laughs> like yeah. I had everything at my freaking disposal. So for me to complete those things, it's not necessarily deserving of a pat on the back, but I had a preconceived idea that because I had done hard things, I was hard enough to, to lean into mother nature the way I did and win. And it was, it was, it was a fool's effort is what it was. Um, I, I think it's worth noting for people who are uh, watching this and not familiar with the show, we should talk about why you, why you, I mean, you didn't tap, you didn't tap. No, you, they pulled you because of weight loss. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you yeah. were you were living that one more day. I mean, mantra. you were living that. I think it, I think that's worth noting. Like they they pulled you because you lost too much weight, um, not because you know you necessarily wanted to leave. So that's interesting. I have more questions for him, no, but do you have? I wanted to leave. I wanted to get the hell out of there. It was it was painful. Yeah. I was you know I was I was starving. I lost I'd lost eighty two pounds oh. by that point. Gosh. Um. I think the longest I had gone without food was almost three weeks. Oh, so like it was, it was freaking hard uh, because I have a button I can push and just go home. Right. I could, I could end it all at any moment, but like the, uh, there became a point where I was too far gone. I was too feral. Yeah. The gradual decline of my health mm-hmm. was also so steady that I didn't, I didn't ultimately see all the, the potential long-term effects of, 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 of me staying out there could have been. Yeah. So, you know, it started out, it started out, I had this uh, uh, post right near my head from where I made my wiki up. It was right by my head. And what I did was I made a notch in it every night before I laid down to go to bed. But the notch was never for that day. It was never because I finished that day. It was always one day ahead. Nice. Oh, that's because, good. Because in my mind, I had the next day already beat. And it's always that one day when a moose wanders into your territory mm-hmm, or yeah. 
you know, something magical happens and, and, and boom, you're back in the fight. Yeah. So, uh, so like it's a, it's a mental game that you have to be able to play and it gets hard because you're taking a, you're taking a butt whooping. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So the, the, uh, your body and mind naturally wants to seek comfort. When, uh, so Andy, this is, so when, whenever we're out, you know, obviously doing nothing like this, nothing even remotely close but to that. We are, um, you know, say we're out there for like seven days on day six or seven, we start like dreaming of real food items. What? Yeah. What were you craving? What were you craving when you got back and what was the first meal you ate when you got back? And how do you, how do you, and yeah, can you, can you even refeed normally after that? Is yeah. No, no, they, yeah, I can address all these. What I ate, refeed. What do you got, Andy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I, these are way more. I was, I, I, I thought it'd be good to like give like an overview of like of like what your life was prior to the show and like we just what, got like, right into like, it. Like you know some of the skills that you were learning and like you, you talked about ultras and and weightlifting and stuff and like answer like, answer my questions first. Yeah, and go then, go, and, go. Then we'll, and then we'll go to those. Yeah, Andy, hold on to that one because that's good stuff. <laughs> because I like I like talking about the old dude like because he was a joke. So yeah, your um, your question about no, I was not able to just dive back into food and start putting down bean burritos. <laughs> not at all. I had a, I had a, I had they 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 had to be very very careful with me and they had to uh, prevent something called refeeding syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, refeeding syndrome um, uh, was uh, something that killed a lot of the actual um, uh, prisoners in Jewish. Yeah. Uh, in, oh like, yeah Auschwitz, yeah. Auschwitz. We were we were feeding them and we weren't supposed to be and we were killing you know the the, the Jewish uh, uh, prisoners there so they had to be very careful so I remember when I first came out the first thing that I was able to have and the only thing I was able to have for a few days was two cups of bone broth wow and uh, that was that was like magic because it had flavor right yeah. it's all like oh <laughs> it was magic so. Whenever I came home, I still had to be careful with refeeding. So um, um, the first real meal that I was able to have, though, I had a huge T-bone steak. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it came out on the on the plate, and I thought, <sighs> what I would have done. <laughs> so uh, you know, so I had the big T-bone, the salad. I think I was at you know one of the one of the more common uh, you know chop houses. Yeah, okay. it was just something that I remember uh, chewing slowly. Yeah, just having yeah. an absolute attitude of gratitude, which I still do. Yeah, Even when I turn on the hot water in my shower, I just I'm just I'm a I just have a different I just have a different perspective of things. So. Yes, uh, uh, um, you know, I, I craved Indian food, man. Oh, yeah. oh really? I, I, oh, I love Indian food. I wanted chicken curry with an onion or a garlic or oregano or Ooh, all the above. Oh, I don't yeah. care, man. I wanted, I wanted to bathe in a bowl of rice. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 dreamt about, I dreamt about food, and that's what was maddening, you know, because – it's like your brain is sending you all the signals to get the hell out of there. Yeah. These are all the things I want. These are all the things I need. And I remember in the beginning phases of the starvation, I used to punch myself in my sleeping bag at night to, to break myself out of the maddening craving that I would have. But eventually, after three or four days, it didn't work. So you have to do other tricks to, to trick your mind uh, into thinking you're getting something. So yeah, wild. Now, Andy... 
about yeah. the other guy. The other guy. Yeah. The other guy. The other guy. Yeah, the other guy. Um, the other guy went fishing when it was convenient and nice out. Yeah. The other guy. <laughs> the other guy hunted whitetail, which, like, if you've ever been in Kentucky, you you can barely drive. Yeah. Right. right. Oh yeah. Uh, that's miles. here. Yeah. yeah. That's same yeah. in Ohio. Yeah. 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 It's not. It's not like the Arctic. Um, you know, I. I'd made friction fire. I'd set traps. I'd built shelters. I mean, I've been doing that kind of stuff since I was a, a young, a young little kid. Mm-hmm. You know, we all did it. I think to some degree. The difference is this: like, you know how to set the trap, but do you know how it reacts in negative thirty degree weather? Yeah. Right. 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 Okay. So you know how to do the trap line, but do you know how to set the trap line appropriately to defend it against like fox? Okay, so like these are yeah. these are things I learned. Yeah, like, because I had problems that I had to solve. I had never made a scoop net before. Oh. That was the first time I'd ever made a fishing net. What I had seen before was a basketball net, so I I reverse engineered that oh, and wow. boom, scoop net. So ingenuity is huge when it comes to surviving, especially in a place you're not familiar with. Yeah, especially when weather's not the best every all the time and especially whenever you're landlocked but the animals are they can go anywhere they want so right knowing how to do the things is is great but also knowing how to effectively apply them in an environment that is that is not not you know not always the best is another as well so you know you learn those things yeah i i that's extremely valuable advice yeah we can um, we can we can look stuff up and make stuff in our we can make traps in our backyard all day long but until you're out there <laughs> negative 30 did they did they tell you when you were in boot camp or like did, did they tell you before all of this where the location was going to be we get they gave us about it wasn't a lot of notice i can't remember what it was i think we had maybe five or six weeks before we had to ship out but to be perfectly honest, man, like there wasn't a lot of information. I couldn't just I couldn't just look up like Great Slave Lake, Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did they? I mean, like, you know, did they? Um, this is something you kind of mentioned. Did they tell you like you're not allowed to move? Yeah, to stay put. Like, you have an area that you're that you're confined to. They use something called a geofence. Oh, I didn't like know they, this. Yeah, they set it with like a with like a computer, and then it sends a satellite signal. It's always monitoring monitoring you where you're at. You have to carry this yellow brick. It's like what what you always see the people push whenever they they tap out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that thing follows you around, and I remember like I think it was twice I set up in these incredible hunt locations, like beautiful lanes for for clear shooting, reindeer moss. I thought, oh, this is oh god, dinner served. Get all the cameras set up, sit down, cover up, and the next thing I know, I get these beeps and it says, oh. "Heads up, on the beach, you came." <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh see, this is so cool because yeah. you don't see any of this in, when you're watching the show. Yeah. You don't hear about any of this. You learn your boundary. You kind of start probing. Because you also need to learn the lay of the land. You need to. You're also looking for spore. You're looking for places to to trap, yeah. to, to stock hunt, uh, higher ground. All of this stuff you're trying to to to, to utilize to your highest highest yield. Whether you don't catch anything with the bow and arrow that day, if you recognize a new blueberry field or you <laughs> recognize a new 
run through some through some pines that you can set some snares up. That's still a productive day. But um, I tell you, man, it's easy to do in the beginning as you as it gets colder yeah. and colder and you weaker and weaker. It's harder to get out there and start trying to, to uh, you know uh, fend for yourself. It gets tough, but you just got to try. So. What's um? Did what, I answer the question? Oh, oh yeah, no, no, yes. this is, I, I've got. I could do this for hours. Yeah. What um? What was like? What was a typical day like out there? Because it's hard. It's hard to get a feel from the show because yeah. they're kind of cutting you around, and it's hard. Like, so, like, what? Walk us through. Like, do you did you have like a typical day where, like, you know, like what was like a a regular day like when you were in the midst of it? You know, like forty or fifty days in. Right, right. Well, forty or fifty days in, you have to understand that that our 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 level of daylight was diminishing. Yeah, that's true. The this, the sunlight would come above the horizon, would barely break the the, the mountain uh, or the or the or the, uh, the the rock formations across. You know, it was very low in the sky for most of the day. Now, it got to a point too where things were getting a little iffy in regards to whether they could get to us in the middle of the night because of, of oh, such poor conditions. Right. So you had to make good decisions after dark. Yeah. You know that kind of. You don't, wanna, you don't want to. You don't want to start processing wood. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's a good point. So, so you have you have to you have to do those sort of things. But now, day forty or fifty, the way that it would work for me is I would normally awake in the morning and I would first be listening for the wind direction and the direction that the waves were crashing, because if I couldn't hear one, I could normally hear the other, and it would tell me about what kind of weather I could expect that day. Northerly oh. winds with with, with with waves crashing on my um, on my on, on my on this you know my beach, I knew okay, northern. I'm gonna get some snow today. Colder colder conditions. Likewise, it came from the south. I knew I was gonna have some rain, that sort of thing. So right away, I knew. Am I fishing today? Am I stock hunting today? Uh, the weather kind of told me before I even got my pants on what I was gonna be doing. So I would get up, and part of the regulations on uh, in our show was that we had to check the uh, trap line twice a day. And I oh, was oh, that's a, to get out there. That's a oh okay. See, these are things you don't. We're getting yeah. good behind the scenes information yeah, here. This, they don't talk about that. Yeah, is that is that because you, if you got something on there, you want to immediately get it off? Yeah. Well, I mean, first first and foremost, it's, it's proper hunting practice. Right. 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 Yeah. That's yeah. What you're supposed to do. I mean, like first, and, and we had we had rules we had to abide by. We had to use barbless hooks. Mm. Yeah, uh, we couldn't hunt. We couldn't hunt certain animals certain ways. We couldn't hurt, hunt certain animals at all. So it wasn't like a it wasn't like a true survival scenario where I'd have been pulling out all of the hillbilly stops to be catching. <laughs> whatever. I mean, I would have. You know, there are some redneck things you, can, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> that have high yield uh, practices. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I've ever done any of them. I've only seen YouTube videos. <laughs> but the uh, thing I was actually trying to say was um, I would get up and the first thing I'd want to do is check my trap line. And you would check the trap line. And, and for me, it was a, it was about a quarter mile in the beginning, but it began to get diminished slowly and slowly as I got weaker and weaker. And I started losing game to Fox. It was just more than I could handle. But then that day I would decide what I was going to do. And normally – after my bay froze, it was a lot of stock hunting and then sitting in one area and just hoping something stumbled across my my, my path. Um, you know, I would I would maybe go to a new area and find spore, um, but it would be it would be obviously ten to twelve hours old because of the amount of snow that had blowed over it. It wasn't mm. a fresh track, so you don't know 
it's like you can't tell it's not like there's an alarm mm -hmm. you know yeah. like wake up man a moose is up there like you know <laughs> it i mean like uh, i didn't have anything coming as close as into my camp so uh, you know it was it was difficult so a lot of my day was spent hydrating checking my trap line um and taking advantage of what mother nature would actually give me if right. that was fair weather that i could fish in great if it wasn't and i had enough you know wind in my face that i felt i could position myself you know uh, to be beneficial i tried that too but honestly when you're out there any you're trying anything man you're swinging for the freaking fences yeah anything anything <laughs> any anything you know um and uh I'll, you know even if that's just collecting berries yeah yeah um <clears throat> So one thing I was like, I got to ask him this is, um, did you ever like, like hear or see anything that like just really weirded you out? Like you're like, what the oh, hell is man. that? Like, yes. Okay. So check this out. I have a story. <laughs> yes, I, yes, like, yes. I like telling it, man, yeah, because hear it. I, I mean, I can, I can still recall it very vividly. Right. Well, okay. So now understand I don't believe this is what it was. I believe my brain. Okay. Whenever you, okay. So here's what I want you to understand. Whenever you are, whenever you are dying, which essentially was what that was, yeah. my body was slowly, and my brain is trying to make freaking sense of it. It goes through the Rolodex of experiences you've had in your life, and it's trying to make sense of stuff, right? So I'm thinking what happened was in that weird chemical synapsing and all of this, I, I, I heard what I heard, okay? But I remember there, I was, I was laying there one night, and it was easily already into the negative 20, negative 30s, and it was, it was, I was bundled up. And that brown hat that I had lost in the beginning that the helicopter pilot brought back to me, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was using it at this time to cover my eyes and my nose because those parts were beginning to freeze in the middle of the night. But as I was laying there, it was a completely still, quiet night. I heard nothing. There was no uh, none of the winds, none of the waves. It was just a beautifully clear, quiet night. I was laying there. And I heard children laughing and moaning in the pool. What? No. Look, look, I know, dude. I know. Listen, listen. Like, like, what so did you, like, did you, he, you heard just like kids laugh? Like, I tell, would, tell uh, us about play, it. Like, like laughter, like, like play, like playful laughter. Right. And I remember laying there and I had, at that point I was sleeping in my gloves and I took my gloves off and I had a, a blade that was up by my head. So I took off my, my, um, um, of my marmot because i had already had a visitor a bear that came to me once mm -hmm. so i grabbed my blade and i'm sitting there and you know how you do when you just, you just kind of aim your ear yeah and i'm like there's no way i heard that laid back down put my hand back there relaxing again heard it another time <laughs> listen this happened about five five times throughout throughout the night oh where i and the thing was it wasn't coming from the same side of uh, of my shelter I honestly thought the people from alone were fucking with me, like from the show. <laughs> Maybe they were. Hand, hand, hand to Odin, dude. I thought for sure that they had like some little speaker, like they were trying to pump me out to get yeah, me to go. I, didn't, I just, couldn't, just couldn't believe what I was hearing. But I think you guys may see it. Like there's a there's a scene um, where the next day I wake up and I'm I'm doing something. And the way they edited it, you can actually see it. I go, hello? Oh. Yo. 
and it says Barry's having or Barry's uh, having audible hallucinations. Oh yeah, 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 so, yeah. Wow. So like, like it was all it was. It was the show captured it. I didn't have my camera on in the middle of the night because I was sleeping. Right. But it was something. So like they say though, if it didn't happen on film, it didn't happen, right? Yeah. And I might have yeah, something if the camera was rolling, anybody would have heard anyway. But it was trippy. It was very trippy because we were on sacred land. We were on the Lutzel K. Dene Native People's land. Mm-hmm. And you get to understand these people were put out by the Canadian government with nothing more than I think a pound of flour and a wagon oh, per wow. family. Yeah. They, I didn't know this. They were they were put in this area in effort to eradicate them, thinking they wouldn't survive. But little, you know, little did they know these people are some of the they're carved out of stone and they were able to make it. But I was on sacred land, they view everything as sacred and I don't know. When you get out there and you're in it, you're living in the, you know, you've seen the, you're watching the Aurora Borealis happen. You yeah. get really, it's magical, you know. That's amazing. Damn, I, I did not expect, I thought you'd be like, I heard a Sasquatch. Or like, <laughs> and I did I'm not sure. expect no. children playing I in the woods. I don't believe in Sasquatch either. <laughs> <laughs> or like, I was like, maybe he saw a UFO. That's what I was like. I was like, oh yeah. yeah um, that would have been cool. Um, so another thing. Uh, uh uh, uh, you kind of talked about it. Um, cause Andy and I, we always talk about how much bear encounters freak us out. Mm. And I know you kind of talked about it a little bit, but, but what was like, was that something that actually worried you? And, and what did they did? Cause did they give you like, they get, what do they give you for bear deterrence? They give you stuff, right? Yeah. They get, well, first of all, what they give you is a lot of high hopes that those are going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was that the, was that the, with your well, encounter? Oh, I'm sorry. You go, go through training. Oh, that's no, okay, Andy. I got you. I told you. What do you have? What do you have? Was that was that the scene where you were waking up and it was like outside of your your shelter? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I it, began that. To, it began to uh, tr- it began to pace around my my shelter. Yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was pretty banana sandwich that night because I remember I was laying there in bed and that's when I I heard the footsteps come walking into camp and I thought it was a human. Oh god. And I was oh, like, dude. Because it sounded like it was like, you know, clunky. Yeah. It wasn't like a little skittle of something, you know? Yeah. And I was like, that's crazy. Packing the snow down, you know? I was like, huh. Wasn't my first thought there at all. So, yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Um, what was the question? I got, I, I got, I don't know. I no, it was, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, first off, it's grizzly. It's grizzly up there, right? Brown. Bear, oh, it's brown. Yeah, were you, were you thinking I'm going to go eat that thing? Were you like, uh, I'm, no. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if you watch the video, okay, and they, they're like, I'm sitting there and I remember I was, my, my eyes, the adrenaline causes my, you know, my eyes to just get this big. But there were other parts of me that shrunk very, very <laughs> I was scared. Who wants that? So I remember uh, they give you a lot of high hopes, but they give you like a, a something called a bear banger. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a saw me shoot one out the top of yeah, my shelter. Right, yeah. They give you bear spray, um, and then they just give you a lot of like other knowledge, like how to recognize the air, you know, scat spore, all that kind of thing. So that night when it came into the camp, it was heavy, and I knew it, and I could hear it kind of like make a like a like a sniff, like a taking in the air oh, and I, damn. Got shit. I slept every night with an arrow already knocked in my, um, dude, in, 
So I remember I got up and I drew my blade that I had, and I uh, I had uh, two uh, two um, fingers for the draw of the, of the uh, arrow because I thought as soon as I plug this thing, it's just going to come through, and right. then here we go. And, you know, but you know, I wasn't going to win. I just I don't I wanted it to remember me at least. You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> like Dude. Tristan off a of legend. It was a good death. You know? <laughs> <laughs> But so I, you know, so, so whenever I heard that, I remember as it was pacing and I was on one knee, I was circling in this dark ass little shelter. And I was like, this is not going to work out for me. This is not going to work out for me. So I immediately went to plan B and that's whenever I hit the bear banger. And then I I think you hear it. It sounds like a Volkswagen kind of driving through the woods. And that's what it sounded like. So I just kind of took off. So it was kind of, it was, it was wild. It was something that I had never it was something I didn't expect that late in the season because there was a particular berry and the, and the name escapes me now, but this berry is the last berry that the bears eat before they go into hibernation. Oh. And this berry was gone. So I thought, Oh, I missed the bear. The bear have already gone into den, you know? So when this thing came about, it caught me completely off guard. But I tell you, man, uh, talking about ingenuity, do you want me to carry on about this? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So check this out. I'll do this real quick. So if you remember, I I, I said something like I was going to overload my offense to the to the right side of my shelter. Yeah, before. yeah. And uh, the reason I did that was because I um I had actually cut a large part of a double sided um tarp, and during full moons I could see through that like a movie screen. So anything passing in front of that I would have been able to see. Well, what I did was I put a uh, I put the last little bit of fish that I had in these guts over uh, in this area that I um, was right outside my tent because I was going to try and bait it onto that. And then I started shooting through my tent. I shot like six times till I finally got it dialed in right where I knew it would be. Oh, and then oh. I covered I covered all of the other five holes and I had this one hole that would glow bright. Oh, that's so yeah, cool. Yeah, that is cool. Well, then, yeah, so I knew that's the one I had to aim for. But then what I did was I took the, the pull ring off of my Marmot bag. It glowed in the dark. Mm-hmm. And I put, I put that on the end of my broadhead. And that thing glowed throughout the night. So I just pulled that up. And I, all I had to do was match that Marmot glow tip to my hole and let it go. Dude, that's really that cool. That is super smart. That's really cool. Yeah. So I was hoping he would come back. Or something would come back because I knew I already had the hole. I had the angle. I was already positioned in the middle of my shelter. I knew exactly what I had to do. I just had to cock it back and let it go, but never oh, came. That's really yeah, ingenious. That, that. <laughs> yeah. Ingenuity, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hope the crew doesn't come walking around in the night. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Hey, that's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh my no God. trespassing. Get off my, get off the king's <laughs> Um, <laughs> I have a question. So we'll get to, uh, there's a lot of great, there's a lot of questions I know coming Um, in, but will you talk a little bit about like some of the biggest like highs and like things that occurred like that, that helped motivate you while you were out there to last as long as you did? Like some of your wins. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah. Like wins. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So some of my wins. Okay. So to be perfectly honest, the first win that happened was I settled into the suck. That was the first one yeah. for the first week for the first week. I mean, I was pretty shook, you know, I was like, damn, there's so much to do. I have so many tasks to get into place because when they dropped us, it was September 9th. It wasn't like it was 
okay you know, spring yeah you yeah, know yeah. like i had a lot i had a lot to do so first getting past and, and settling into that sucked. yeah but i think the big thing was um, um some of my highs or whenever i found the tin cans and was able to fashion them into fishing loops. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That 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 started producing for me, and that made me super excited. Um, uh, some of my highs too was whenever I found uh, this berry field. Um, it it was chock full of something called crow berries, and it's a it's a berry that exists, you know, long into the winter. Uh, so you can actually, you know, pick it. And uh, oh, whenever nice. I found that, it made me feel very good because I knew. I had something stable, you know. Yeah. Um, Raven, the Raven, Odin, my 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 good buddy. Your buddy. <laughs> Super big high. Um, also, too, when I started making my camp my home, um, when I made my sign. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. I, um, I also wrote a lot of positive, inspiring quotes on the inside of my shelter with uh, charcoal. Um, these things kept me uplifted, um, having the, the mindset of beating the next day with like the pole notching and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, and um, also constantly imagining my wife showing up and dude, we've done it, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Fuck, you know, that that really keeps you high. But um, yeah, so. Uh, catching the fish that was super helpful. Yeah, you caught yeah, some. You caught you some caught nice some, lakers. I mean, <laughs> that, those fish were huge. Dude, they had the Great Slave Lake has like the largest like trout. Yeah, yeah. In the world, it's a banana sandwich. I mean, um, it was it, it was fun to actually fish with them because I was just hand fishing. You know, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I just yeah. was like I felt like the old man in the sea sometimes. You know? <laughs> when you were working with a barbless hook, you had to keep that pressure on it. You know, and yeah, uh, it was right. it right. was really something to, to to feel that fight at your fingertips, yeah. um, especially whenever you were uh, you know you had to worry about exposure. You could fish for fifteen minutes and your hands would go numb. Yeah, it was, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, those were definitely some of my highs. That's a great question. That's a great question. It is. Um, I want I do yeah. Do, well, I'll give you some of the questions from the chat. These are okay. These are pretty solid. Yeah. Um, so Smoky Bees Naturals. He asked a good question. We kind of touched on this, but he expands on it. How do you keep the cameras charged and not run out of battery? Oh, uh, yeah. So what they did was, first of all, we have about every few weeks, we have like a media med check where they come. And sometimes it's not even a med check. It's just a media. And they swap everything out. They okay. They swap uh, okay. all your batteries. They swap all your SD cards. If something's jacked up with your camera, they'll leave you a new one. Um, and then eventually it got to the point where the cold was draining our batteries so quickly that they gave us something. I think it's called a Kodiak battery cell. Mm-hmm. And this cell was more equipment that we had to stow and tend to but we could plug into it it was just a battery block and okay. that's how we were able to get that stuff uh, uh charged nice uh backcountry exposure Devin asked how how difficult was it to get selected to be on the show it i mean you you kind of touched on this but yeah it went pretty it went pretty fluid for me i you know, I, I tell you what I did. I applied online. They didn't seek me out. Some people get sought out. Okay. And sometimes uh, sometimes there are people who, like, refer other people. Like, that was one thing I noticed. Like, there's, like, a there's like everybody knows everybody in this community, you know? So, like, you know, so um, I just applied like every other Joe, Joe Schmo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the process went something like this. Um, applied online. 
phone interview, Skype interview, um, like a like a uh, like a like a um, go out into the woods and film yourself doing right. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Send that in, and then boot camp. And then if you pass boot camp, you're one of the twelve that go on. So it it it's just a lot of like waiting, and it's a lot of I feel honestly respecting their time. If you're thinking about doing this, yeah. if they reach out to you, like respond like immediately, like respect their time. These people work hard. I mean, they work hours upon hours on this show so if they even if they even give you uh, an inkling that they're interested in you respect that yeah and uh and and run that how um before you get to the next one how long is that process of like first trying to get on to like you're on the show like like six months i don't know i'd say yeah it was it was several months yeah. process because they have like, like i said we had like twenty thousand applicants you know yeah so they they really have to whittle down a lot of talent, you know, and that's why I was surprised I even got picked. I was like, no shit. Sure. Like, <laughs> and did you? And did I you, felt that. Did I you apply? Did you apply for other seasons? Nope, not at all. I actually I had only seen season one through three, and um, I remember my wife was pregnant with our daughter. Um, oh and, wow. Yeah, my daughter was seven weeks old whenever I they, I went out on the show. Oh, damn. So my daughter, uh, my wife was pregnant with, the sh- with with my daughter. She was sitting on the couch across the way. We just put my boy down, who was two at the time, for a nap. And she was doing a Sudoku. And it came on, the show was on and said, you know, would you like to try to be on yeah. the And I was like, damn, damn right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. I start, I start working away on my phone and my wife looks over and she's like, what are you doing? I said, I, uh, I said, I looked at her and I was like, I'm applying for this, sh- this show. And she goes, this show alone. And I said, yeah. And she goes, well, if you're applying for this show, I'm going to go ahead and start making preparations. Cause I know you're going to get on. Oh, my wow. Wife's- nice. Your wife's a smart cookie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, my wife, like the, I mean, my wife is just an incredible supporter first, but secondarily, man, like she, my wife just believes there's nothing it doesn't the believes there's nothing I can't do. Like yeah. she just thinks there's there's you know, if I go after it, I'm, I'm gonna do it. So sure as shit she was right. I, I <laughs> <work>. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um Gone Farrell with Squidly. I think I know the answer to this question too, and you kinda talked about this, but what was harder, mental, physical, or isolation? It's see, almost okay. You see, yeah. it's weird because they happen in different stages, yeah. right? Like it's a wham bam. Um, I would say, I would say the mental hands down, hands down, because, uh, what we do with our lives is we tend to varnish a lot of our past. We do this as a survival mechanism, right? Helps us get through our day, helps us socialize well and straighten narrow and walk yeah, the yeah, yeah. line. Right. So like when you're out there, all that gets stripped. So like the memories that you varnished, uh, they do, they come back, uh, in like full motion picture. It's like almost trauma reenactments. So, um, like for me, um, whenever it was super cold and I was laying down on the, um, I was laying down in my, in my shelter, I had full and complete recollection of whenever my family was homeless and I was, we were sleeping in a van in a mall parking lot. I remember how the, 
the the van floor felt wow uh the, the corrugated floor felt cold on my shoulder i it was i was there again i was that little boy and then you you know you know it's not happening you know you're not there you're a grown-ass man in the middle of the arctic but now you're addressing these things mm-hmm. because like i said your brain is going lizard it's trying to make sense of what the hell is how why i need we need to make sense of this so I think uh, a lot of people, when they talk about a near-death experience, they say, my life flashed before my eyes. What is actually suggested is happening is your brain is going through its Rolodex trying to make sense of this near-death moment, this moment that we can't wrap our minds around. So it seemed like, it seemed like once the day was idle and the time slowed down, my brain began to make sense of it all and that stirred up a lot of shit wow so the mental for me the mental for me was harder even than the starvation and the loss of weight wow makes complete sense you're (laughs) just alone with your thoughts damn Uh, oh yeah and there's no cheerleader there's no therapist there's nobody to hug you say it's not your fault you know like Mm -hmm. right (laughs) there's no matt damon You know, I'm talking about good little honey, right? <laughs> <laughs> not your fault. Sorry, not your fault. I know. Oh no, I God. know. Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's serious. You know, it, it it takes a lot out of you, and it, it takes a lot out of you even whenever you come back because you still have to now address those things. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Good question. That, that was yeah. a good question. All right. Tommy Huffington Hiking asked, and this kind of goes back to a little bit what you were talking about too. How big an area was that geofence? Do you know? Roughly, oh, good man. question. You know, I'd say, uh, you know, they gave us a good, a good amount of space. Like, like they miles? Just, huh? Like miles? No, I'd say, I, uh, no, I wouldn't say miles. I don't remember tra- being able to okay. travel miles. Okay, before. okay. Yeah, and you also have to understand too. You have to work with your terrain features. They may give you space, but can you get to it? You know, like yeah, right. One thing, like I, I never really got to explore the north. Uh, like the north, I think it was the north uh, west uh, portion of my um, uh, territory because it was so heavily uh, with with brush and thicket, it would tear up my rain gear. Yeah. So I just okay. I, I go that way. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, wait, I wanna I wanna steal a question before we keep going because okay. we need to go through Barry's ten items. Well, funny you mentioned that okay. because Allie, your I wife, asked, so segued so Barry, into that. so Barry, right now I gotta give a shout out. My wife and I, who love this show, she's fangirling hard right now. And I was like, you need to text me your questions because we're, we're she getting, she we're getting in ripped chat. in the chat right now. Um, so uh, shout out to my wife. But let's can we go through his – do you have his 10 items up on yeah, the yeah, – let let's, let's go through your 10 items. And, the, and her question was just would you change – and let's go through – Yeah, read so, off his so 10 I'm going to read off the 10 items. So his sleeping bag, ferro rod, knife – Saw, pot, paracord, trapping wire, tarp, bow and arrow, uh, fishing line and hooks. Sound accurate? So what? Um, so what? What would you would you change any of them? Yes. Okay. For sure. Yeah. What would yeah. you change? Okay. So, well, um, I I probably would uh, would have taken the axe over the saw first and foremost. Interesting. Um, Interesting. 
I made my assessment about the saw because I was accustomed to using it for a multitude of things, processing right. lumber. Uh, I use it to actually make traps. I'm really, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm good at making the parts for, for things with them. Oh, and yeah. so understand whenever you choose your 10 items, there's a, there's a balancing act that happens. You play into your strengths, but you also play into the area, the region. So whenever right. I arrived on site and I saw that the trees weren't much bigger than, you know, this, this round, mm -hmm. I thought an ax was, I thought an ax was overkill, but, uh, once everything froze over that ax would have been extremely helpful in me trying to be uh, ice fish. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, getting through the ice. Yeah. Yeah. I totally would have changed that because once the animals moved out, it really was about fishing. And, uh, the, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the fish provided great fat, that kind of, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I would have changed that. Uh, let's see. Um, I probably would not have taken the, uh, the second tarp. That's I right. think I would have, I think I probably would have, uh, uh, you have to understand there's categories, you guys, there's categories, like there's categories where you get to like, say, take a bow and arrow, take, let's just pretend, take a bow and arrow take a shotgun, take a machete. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, and then like for your, then like down here, it's like take a sleeping bag, take the, so you have these categories of about, I think you have like 63 items. We, and then we chose 10 oh. from those. Oh, cause I was going to ask you about that. So like when you say, I want to take a sleeping bag, are they like, you can pick from these 10 bags? No, they, what they do is though, they, they do ask that you kind of share with them what you're, what you're doing. Okay. Okay. You know, what, 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 with what you're, what you're, what you're bringing, because there are rules. Like for instance, I took a ferrule rod. That's one of my 10 and yeah. I would not have changed that one. I took a ferrule rod, but I made a special handle for it because I was always trying to be forward thinking like working in the cold or if I yeah. fell through the ice and, and I was freezing, how would I handle this starter? So I made this unique handle for it which was allowed but it had to be dipped in rubber so that the wood wasn't exposed so i oh, couldn't use it uh, use it oh they're smart oh gosh so, uh. so like you 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 have some freedom there but there are some guidelines you know because they want to try and keep the playing field as even as possible yeah, yeah. so I would have probably swapped out the uh, the, the tarp. I can't remember what I would have swapped it out for, but um, definitely would have probably um, um, swapped it out for a gill net. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. A, bu yeah. a bunch of other contestants <laughs> talked about that too. About like. Yeah, yeah. I've since learned how to do that, how to make a gill net, not something I've learned before. Um, so if they ever call me back for redemption. <laughs> be... That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing yeah I'm so, i was thing. like i was looking at your items oh let me go back my uh did you <clears throat> did you have to submit them are you okay yeah i got some i got some bourbon in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> did you submit them like here's my 10 items and they they look at them and like okay them yeah yeah, okay. yeah. They just basically what they did like i said i want this much paracord great it's not the paracord that has the fire starter entwined in it, oh. is it? Oh. <clears throat> okay. okay. Uh, see, so, so that's only, that's the only reason they're doing that. They, yeah. they, if they just said paracord, bring what you want, dude, I would have, I would have soaked that shit in gasoline. <laughs> I would have, I would have injected it with peanut butter. <laughs> 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 you know, man, 
man. I would have done whatever it took. But what um, keep- that is so funny. Yeah. <clears throat> what was out of your ten items? Which one did you use the least? We're just like, oh man, this is a waste. I'm looking this at them right now. Yeah, paracord. I did more like I did more like arts and crafts with paracord. <laughs> it took up time. <laughs> yeah. Kept your mind yeah. occupied, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Gil, gill nets seem to be a popular a popular thing. Well, it was a good place for a gill net. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I didn't, make one, though. I, didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. Like I told you, I was a Kentucky dude. Like the only <laughs> ice fishing I've ever done was like with a fifth of bourbon in a shed in the heater. <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of hillbillies talking shit, you know. Like, <laughs> oh never, been, never been like that, you know. It was uh, it was fierce, you know. Exposure uh, was tough out there. If, yeah. w- w- would you say um, would you say that that was the hardest physical element was the exposure? No starvation. Okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> no, okay. So and then slowly dying. What's yeah. that? Uh, yeah. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say hands down. <laughs> <laughs> Did, yeah, 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 that's a good point. Slowly <laughs> dying, be set. Yeah. Did they? Did they? Did they? Did they let you like? Um, <clears throat> were you allowed to like bring whatever like clothing you want? Like insulation oh, yeah, that was, and like that layers. Was... No, 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 no. Like, like um, uh, you were allowed to bring a certain number of items, mm-hmm. right? But they had to be approved. Like, um, <clears throat> like let's say I brought my 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 jacket, right? that jacket couldn't be like specially made with like 90,000 geese down. (laughs) It's like, like, you know, it it had to be within reason. So, um, what was the question? Hit me again. Uh, just talking. Well, I remember watching you and you had like, you had cool bibs. You had like nice, you had had nice down. If you look at the, cause my wife and I geeked out hard, you can see the clothing list that they let you bring. And there's a lot of clothes, but like there his, is. yeah, his was, his question was like, is it the same set of clothes for every contestant or were they're like, Hey, no, no, no. you can bring you whatever know, you want. Uh, some people, some people like made their own clothes like Wonia. Yeah. Yeah. She, she made all of her own clothes. Like, I, you know, I just bought mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, so, uh, Jordan had yeah. something, you know, special. Yeah. Everybody had like, like again, everybody was playing into their strengths. Yeah, you know, and at the same time, you have to understand, like everybody also is representing themselves. Yeah, you know, like you know, we're all representing ourselves in some way, shape, or form. And if somebody has a strength, and let's say they teach that thing, or they have a book about that thing, you know, the last thing they're going to do is go go on the show with like synthetics. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's if, true. <laughs> you know, if if their whole if their whole gig is making clothes, they're gonna be as authentic as possible. Was, and that's uh, cool. I think that's what's did, great about the show. Were there any like uh in hindsight, were there any clothing changes you would make like looking back on one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I had I had two phases of clothing. I, I had decided that I wanted my coldest weather clothing to have snow camouflage and then like the earlier season stuff to be rain resistant, mm-hmm. not as heavy yeah. and be more of a mossy oak. So the one thing I would have done is I would have made my winter clothing probably about two sizes smaller. Yeah, because you lost, oh, I mean, cause you weight, lost weight. I lost like 82 pounds. So that's stuff was just hanging off of me um the other thing i would have done too is i would have focused a lot more on the wolves a lot of wolves interesting um, 
you know, I might have, I might have, I might have screwed myself a little with my, with my underlayers. Mm -hmm. But I will say this about that: there was a point when I had all of my socks on <laughs> in bed, Jeez. and it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was to the point where my, my zipper was freezing. Like if I wanted to get out of my bag, I'd have to grab my zipper, blow on it a few times to get oh it warmed God. up and then finally get it going. Jeez. I mean, whew, it what, was, it was wild. What was the uh, temperature rating on your bag? It was like, well, first of all, that's nonsense. Whoever, yeah, I know. whoever, <laughs> I want you, I'm going to let you know, if I meet the individual, <laughs> I think there's, I think there's comfort level and there's survival. Yeah, there yeah we yeah. talk about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Now you have to take that into absolute consideration. If you're talking comfortability, then you need to cut that in half. Yeah, right? yeah. And I, if it's survivability, you know, even then, there were some nights I'd wake up with a deep shiver. You know, it's yeah. even then. So I think it was like negative forty to answer your question. Jeez. Andy talks. And we reached. We reached that. Yeah. Andy, this is great. You brought that. Andy, we both talk a lot about comfort rating versus survival rating. Yeah. Survival is no fun. Big difference. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's especially different. I mean, and there's also, there's so much to consider whenever you're talking about a hypothermic conditions and living in them. I'm not talking visiting and playing. We yeah. lived in the conditions. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you have to, you have to constantly be, be, be focused on, on so much staying hydrated, um, exposure. I remember using, you know, uh, some fat just to keep my lips as best I could from getting chapped, uh, you know, the same fat yeah. that I would use on my bow and arrow, that kind of a thing, uh, my, my, my bow string to keep it conditioned, you know, like the cold is just relentless. It, it, it weighs on you like a lead blanket. It's a different type of it's a different type of hurt. Yeah. Jeez. Because it does it won't budge. Yeah. It doesn't go away. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's it's harsh. Um, second part of your wife's question was Okay. And this is really interesting too. Did you have any inter interactions with the other contestants like after the show? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. That's vital. That's vital. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it's so freaking important that you connect with another person who has gone through what yeah. less than 1% of the world's population will ever experience. Yeah. For a lot of us, we feel more alone being back than we did when we were out there. Interesting. We come back, we come back with new insight. We come back with new understandings, new growth. We have a different set of priorities. I mean, my whole life took a complete overall. Yeah. I yeah. mean, from front to front to front to back, there's nothing nothing that didn't get affected by this. So we have to stay in contact because we love one another. Mm -hmm. We care about one another. What might have been competition by day thirty, all you're thinking about is you hope they're okay because you realize this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> do they do they like bring you all together like when it's all said? No, 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 no. They're very very careful about all of that. Really. You have to understand it's it's not a there's not a there's not a cut and dry protocol for each person that comes out. Every person comes out a different time, a different condition, a different state of mind, a different understanding about the experience, uh, 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 just a different chemistry nearly. So it's there's no one cut way to do that. What it takes is not somebody trying to sit there and go, yes, I, I, I understand. Let's, let's go deeper into that. <laughs> I 
lost that shit. What we want to do is talk to the person who also lost mm-hmm. 80 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we want to talk to that person who, who's laughing at the fact that, you know, people are upset about syrup bottles. <laughs> <laughs> two to three, ne- never mind, two to three million children are going to starve this year. It's like we sit back and we're just oh, like, it's man. hard. Yeah. It's hard reintegrating. So yeah. we, we need one another because you will feel more alone than you ever have trying to come back with this new understanding and trying to plug it into an old existence. It's hard. Yeah. Who, um, like, do you, do you still talk to the, uh, the season six people or like, like, are you still in contact with them? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, you know, uh, yeah, I, I talked to Brady all the time because he, he's hysterical. He always laughs at all my skits and jokes that I put out there. <laughs> Makes me feel like I'm actually funny. I talk to Michelle, uh, Michelle all the time via messaging, but she's, you know, she actually guides a lot. She's oh, in the really? back country a lot so yeah absolutely uh uh miss wonia I, I i try and talk to her but to be perfectly honest i love and miss her to the point that like she was one she was like the first person i spoke to whenever i came out mm. and like there's that there's that forever it's like when the same metal in space con touches yeah it, it, it immediately welds kind of a thing yeah so like it's to the point where like i don't even know how to how to reapproach Wooney. I'm saying this on live television, but I love you. Wooney. <laughs> but like, yeah. So I mean like these people have such a huge role. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's big. It's big. That's really cool. Um, that's something they don't, they don't talk about on the show is yeah. the connection you guys have with each other. Um, well, I mean, who else is going to understand what you're talking about? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this, this sounds like kind of a depressing question, but DVT Tales and Trails says, if you don't win alone, do you earn or get awarded anything? Oh, okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. You get nothing, right? Do you get nothing? No, you get nothing. <laughs> you get to be on our podcast. You get, a, you get a cool story and you get it, you get it, you get it documented for yeah, history. That's you know true. what I mean? Like, you know, um, you know, they, I'm sorry. No, you're good. No, it's you're fine. fine. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, yeah. You're all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> no, the trade-off, the trade-off is this. The trade-off is this. It's like, look, okay, we're gonna give you this once in a lifetime opportunity. Okay. We're gonna put you as close to a true survival situation as possible and give you a safety net so you don't die. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And all we ask that you do is get it on film. Yeah. And if by some amazing feat, you're the last person standing. We're going to go ahead and give you a half a mil. Yeah. So like, there's an understanding that like, you know, uh, yeah, you know, you're getting a really cool opportunity. Yeah, like I said, sure. I have to see the Aurora Borealis. I don't know many folks from Kentucky who can say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's shot. We got several people from Kentucky in the chat, by yeah. the way. Speaking of Kentucky, yeah. next question. Yeah. From- next, next, next question is from someone who lives in Kentucky. Yeah. John Kelly says, when did the loneliness really kick in? And, you had to really keep yourself in check and not go crazy. Yeah. Yes. I'll, okay. So uh, when the loneliness, I think, really began to kick in was I, I began to realize I couldn't recall my children's faces. Oh, oh. damn. Uh, my brain had reprioritized and that was of no right. – and I couldn't, I couldn't even put them in context and remember them. And that hurt because they were a large part of my why. 
Wow. And I think it was after October 1st, which was my wife and I's third wedding anniversary. And I was, you know, I was out there, wasn't there to celebrate it. Couldn't remember my kids' faces. I think that's when I had my first breakdown. And that was whenever I really felt the inky Mm -hmm. blackness of the alone experience step forward and in a way claim a part of me. It kind of, it kind of went, aha, I found a weakness Mm. because, because as hard as you try as much of a badass, (laughs) yo, you know, it's going to find you. It will find you. It's going to, it's going to crack you open like an egg. And it it, it did. It found that weakness and the weakness was my why. Yeah. And it's, started working on me so yeah th- i'd say right around that uh, 30 day mark bud. wow after a month oh my Jeez. god um dbt tails and trails ass again how long was this is a good question how long after they pulled you was it before you were back home in colorado uh about a month, a month. i had to uh i had they had to take good care of me yeah yeah i was very feral that's one thing people don't understand either. Like I was, um, I was fucking wild, man, dude. Like, yeah, I, uh, I, I remember, um, I remember being able to, um, sit in the cabin that I was recovering in and I could hear boots come down hallways and I knew who it was. Wow. Like I could, I could, I, could, I knew I was like, this person's coming down the hall. Like I was so fair. I was, I was tuned in, hyper tuned in. Every smell, wow. you know, wow. uh, so they had, they had to a get me to, yeah. you know, um, and then they had to also get me healthy enough that I could get myself home safely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, after I was, you know, after I kind of began to realize my food was coming, I didn't, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't have to like. Uh, panic and have anxiety over hunger and that I knew I started to calm down and then my weight began to get back up and then I remember I started out lifting like five pound dumbbells mm. in the hotel wow. just trying to get strong so I could home but it was about uh, 30 days before they uh, they took me but, but they did the right thing yeah they yeah. took the best in care of me and I listened followed or you know follow the doctor's orders where, i think that was a huge part of why where it worked are, out well. where are you during this yeah are you in canada yeah 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 so um what happens first is whenever i was first pulled because i was pulled medically i was immediately taken to a hospital yeah okay uh, yeah uh, because i needed immediate medical attention and everything was kind of hitting me at that point too right. like emotionally i yeah. was like holy shit i didn't win yeah like this you understand, like I was normally that dude who anything I tried, I achieved, and like I did, I just, I, it, how did this happen? How did this freaking, how did yeah. I lose this opportunity? You know, so like there's a lot of that going on in those first few moments. But I took it to a hospital, and so uh, it happened in a city called Yellowknife, which is a, a city close to the great, closest to the Great Slave oh, Lake. Okay, we I follow have, a we follow you, a trapper there. Oh, that's where that dude is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Andrew Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they, they, so you're close. They don't evacuate you far away from where you are. Uh, well, they, well, first it was like, I, well, I, I flew in by, by plane. They had to fly me okay. from where I was, the lodge, the trapping and fishing lodge by the great slave lake. Then they, uh, they flew me into the yellow knife. And then from there they, they, uh, banned me into, uh, 
into the hospital. But I, I was greeted by the most incredibly beautiful, brilliant, pure energy, just motherly nurturing woman by the name of Jesse Collins. She, I, I came stumbling off the plane, a shell of whoever the hell I thought that was that went out there and she just took me in with open hands. It's like this. She's just like, come here, honey. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was, it was just everything that, everything that was lacking out there, you know, it was just beautiful. It was, it was, a the best that the moment could be. Wow. That, that, that's interesting. Yeah. You don't hear that part of this stuff. <laughs> no, this is so cool. Um, another question from DBT tales and trails. And this is interesting too. Did they give you any budget to help you buy your items that you had to take? Yep. Yep. Oh, nice. They do. Yes, absolutely. They're very, they're very generous in that front. On that front, they want you to go out there prepared, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't have to spend a dime of it. They're really great. I mean, you don't. I mean, if you want to make your own jacket, that's yeah. cool. You know, we'll yeah. then use it for the thread of the leather, whatever. You know, like yeah. they don't care really how it gets done. Just we're gonna help you out because we know not everybody's geared for the Arctic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So. It was very helpful, and um, but yeah, I used every penny of it um, just because it's, stuff's expensive. Man. Yeah, sure. yeah, especially to survive Jeez, those temps. Oh my yeah, gosh! Yeah, 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 man. I mean, I was doing everything I could too. I was trying to be on my hustle. Like, hey, I'm going on a show. You want me to wear your stuff? And they're yeah. like, who are you? Oh you know, real? Like, oh really? You tried that? Yeah. And they, they? Oh really? I they tried. said no. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I mean, I thought, I thought. That's a good. You know, I'm, I'm a biz, I'm a businessman kind of, you know, entrepreneur at heart anyway. Yeah. So I thought I'm always looking at the angle in regards to that kind of thing. I'm surprised nobody took you up on that. Yeah. You know, if <laughs> Dude, I was I a was gear company, I would have. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, I would have been rad. I, any gear companies now that want me to to go out and destroy your gear? And get yeah. Uh, B3 Outdoors, this is, and you kind of mentioned to us before the podcast started a little bit about this, but, uh, like, um, how often are you doing outdoorsy stuff now? Oh yeah, man. All the time. I mean, I mean, I live, I live, I live about a 30 minute drive from the Rocky Mountain, like the, the, the front range of the Rocky Mountain. I usually spend a lot of time up 14 and 63, especially now that the fires have, are gone and everything's kind of uh, idle in that front. So um, you know, I have an incredible offer. I have an incredible life and I have set it up that way, especially since I've been back where the thing I am working for constantly is time. Yeah. Not money, not material things working for time. Yeah. Because ultimately I feel by achieving that, everything else will follow. Like I have been extremely fortunate in being able to do so. And I'm extremely fortunate that I have a young son who doesn't understand comfort levels, who will go up there and get cold with me, yeah. and, you know, in an overnight. And I have a wife who's just like, who will literally go, you need to get out of here. You need to go up the hill. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. So I just, <laughs> you know, my truck stays, my truck stays loaded. If that answers your question. That's awesome. A lot. Yeah, that's sweet. I, that's awesome. Um, do you get to keep any of the footage that you uh, you took, or is that all property? That's I have all... no rights to that. That's all theirs. Yeah, yeah. 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 I had this cool. really bad, I had this really dope freestyle rap that I did, and I tried to get that footage because it was original. <laughs> <laughs> trying to drop a mixtape here. That's pretty funny. Uh, so, uh, last question here. It says. <laughs> 
I think we obviously know the answer to this, but B3 Outdoor says, what would you rate your survival skills before the show versus after the show? Obviously, much more experienced. I would guess, right? Yeah, man. There's there's no... like Okay, so there's no way you can go through something like that and not not figure a few things out along right. the way. Right. Think I think the one thing that I will say is this. Being out there... You know, when you boil down salt water, you're left with salt. Yeah. And being out there boiled down the salt of survival. There is a lot of bullshito nonsense mm. yeah. out there that is just not applicable. Yeah. It's not. It won't work. And people are charging people for this information. It blows my mind. Yeah. But I think what it did was it, it makes you realize that the more you know, the less you have to carry. Yeah. And, 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 and that has been the biggest thing. I need less than I, than I, than I even needed before, before I went out there. Um, so I think that's been the biggest, the biggest difference. It has whittled down what we often view as the essentials. Yeah. You know? Um, I want to ask a question. Go for it. Listen, listen, guys. I have all night. You don't have to like. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff um, starts coming in. Going. Well, you yeah. post. Well, this is a backpacking channel, and you have you have posted on Instagram. But do you do a lot of backpacking currently? I know you do on Instagram. Well, I guide, right? Yeah. And let's talk. Let's be honest. Like and like, so yeah, I do that, but not normally. I don't like to backpack. I wouldn't even view it as that. Hey, what's up? What I would honestly say, I do is I'm a minimalist. Mm -hmm. So if yeah. I can wrap it up in a, if I can wrap it up in a shemag, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I just go up there and I, you know, it's, here's the thing, man. Like so many people are blown away that you can just build a shelter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you, but, but once they do it, the magic's kind of gone, you know what I'm saying? So like for me, the magic's gone in that front. You just yeah. go up and make a shelter and yeah. it's it. Right. Yeah. So like, for me, it's, it's less, it's more, the, the experience is more about finding, uh, tracking the game and seeing it. It's more about, um, it's more about, you know, seeing, seeing how the trout are, are, are developing in that area. It's more about seeing how the area is recovering after a burn. You know, those are the things that I, that I get out there and really try and do. It's less about what I'm carrying. It's mm -hmm. more about what I'm, I'm going to be carrying out with me in a way, you know? That so is, yeah, that's I, a good point. That's a I, fantastic quote too. Yeah, it's really good. Very insightful. Um, any any anything from the chat before I keep keep hounding him? No, hound away. Well, my next question was, um, we haven't talked about what's next for Barry. Yeah, like what are you doing currently, and like what do you want to do, and like what do you what are you up to now? Okay, so listen, this is gonna sound this is gonna sound bananas, right? But remember when I was talking about time? Yeah. Right? So. Whenever I came back from the show, I I had a real tough time going back to the old things I used to do. And my wife goes, "Well, what do you want to do then? Like, what the hell? Like, you, you, know, you can't just sit, you know, sit on your ass. What do you want to do? Do you want to open a survival school?" I'm like, "No, I don't want to teach people how to do stuff." And she's like, "Well, do you want to open?" I don't know. I don't want to do that either. And she's like, "What do you want to do?" I go, "Dude, I want to want to act. Awesome. I want to be an actor." And she goes, "You know, you do realize nothing about." your life for the past 42 years has set you up to <laughs> be a freaking actor. And I'm like, I get it. I know, but I, that's where my heart is. That's where my fire. That's where I'm driven for. Nice. And 
I only do the things that make me happy anymore. Mm-hmm. And when I search my heart and I have the ability to do that now with absolute clarity, that's where I see myself. I see myself happy, uh, working with incredible writers, directors, oh, wow. other actors. That's sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. That's incredible to me. I mean, doesn't that sound like the, the best way to yeah. end, end a good run? You know what I mean? Like, I, I so mean, yeah, that's, that's what it is for me. Yeah, I mean, just doing doing what makes you happy. That's, that's pretty cool, that's man. That's the best existence ever. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing is, that, like, I never thought I'd make it on a, t- on a survival show either. So, you know, shit. Like, <laughs> you did. <laughs> Let's get this guy on a loan redemption. Yeah. The loan redemption series. Do you ever, like, like hear from the producers or, like, is there any? any oh, yeah, that, man. Really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Ryan. Okay, there's a guy named Ryan. I won't throw his last name out there. But Ryan. He's amazing. He's one of those. I mean, there's a lot of sharks in the industry, man. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of sharks that really enjoy when your blood's in the water. But <laughs> this this dude is not one of them. This guy Ryan, he's incredible. I'm in I'm in conversation with him regularly. And what's really fantastic about Ryan and I's relationship is that our relationship is based around the care of the participants in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he and I, we work together along with some other people from the show to, 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 to aid and assist those other people who are coming out of the show after the new seasons, okay. helping their reintegration kind of easy. So it's amazing working with him on that front. Now, with that being said, he also knows my heart and my ambition and my desire. He also knows me at a level that most people never will because he saw all my footage. Mm-hmm. Okay. He saw me at my raw he saw me confessing truths that I trusted the show with, and they absolutely honored, you know, so he knows my heart. So yes. And then of course, I, I, I mean, like there are other people I don't, I don't want to here's the thing. If I, if I mention them and they're like, dude, I really, I'm really not sure I'm even going to work with you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> there, are people, there are people who have reached out, uh, um, Kurt Angle, who is an incredible, you guys know, yeah, amazing wait. Kurt Angle. Yeah, Olympic I've, gold. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, heard, yeah, yeah. I know, I know that name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kurt Angle, man. You know, he uh, he and his incredible wife Giovanna. They reached out to me after after viewing me on the show oh, wow. and said, "Hey, look, we're going to put you in contact with our man, with my manager, who is part of Green Ink, uh, uh, Green Ink uh, Productions, and and, he, and so like all of these things kind of trickle off of what's happening. But um, yeah, it's exciting because it feels. Like because it's working with such ease and it's working with such enthusiasm from others who are in the industry, it seems like it's doable, it's achievable. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, that's kind of exciting too, man. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome, Absolutely. man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to plug myself. In- no, 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 I know you. You're actually getting to the point in the show where I'm like, Barry, how can we plug you? Yeah. Like, uh, we'll put your Instagram down, but like how just follow you on Instagram. Like what's the best way people can, can see about you? Like what, what, what do you want to plug? But listen, like, like, like okay. So follow my public pages. I, I'm Barry Karcher on Instagram. I'm Barry Karcher on, on, on Facebook. You know, I, I, I'm not like a guy who's posting a lot of like survival mm. stuff. I'm not going to teach you to rub sticks together. And <laughs> <laughs> there's enough of that going on. What I'm trying to do is I bring comedy. I like, I like bringing humor. I like bringing my ideas as far as skits and that sort of thing to the limelight. So you're going to get a lot of that kind of stuff. And you're going to get a look into my family life, which I think is something a lot of folks forget. I am just a normal dude who was put in an extraordinarily unique situation. That's all all I really was, you know. 
Um, but it's, it was a beautiful thing to explore myself to such depths while I was out there that it's something that I can see myself doing with characters uh, in, 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 in people's stories, uh, you know, and, and portraying that character, exploring it to certain depths and being able to then bring that out. I'm excited for that opportunity. That's a really cool yeah, way that, to put that, it. Yeah, that's, that's a really cool way to put it. Oh, oh, you have no idea the self evolution that was that was that yeah. was achieved through me exploring myself. I could only imagine what it would be like to step into a character. Yeah, see what that has to offer. Man, just exciting, man. That's know. awesome. Um, we're gonna put links to all Barry's stuff down in the description Absolutely. of this YouTube channel as well as the podcast. Barry, Great. this was so much fun yeah, to talk Barry. to you, man. <laughs> You're our first. Thank you're you, our first uh, like big deal celebrity. Yeah, you're, you're like the Seriously? first person. We'll yeah. Be, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't even view my wife. My wife all the time tells me. I'm like, really? Um, <laughs> thank you guys. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time yeah, to talk to us, yeah, especially on a Friday night. Um, yeah, we're excited to see where you go. Everybody listening and watching, please check Barry out. Yeah. I, th- I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Yeah. Watch Alone. Watch Alone. Season- Alone Season 6 is on Netflix, by the way. If you haven't seen it. And then the rest of the seasons are on Hulu. Um, check it out. Check Barry out. Dude, this was so much fun. Yeah, thank Barry, you. Thank, thank you, you so much for talking to us, man. Okay, I had a blast. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, dude. We will see you later. Yeah. Everybody else, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, yeah. sir. Yeah, thanks, Barry. All right, really appreciate ya. it, sir. See ya.